Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I realize some of y'all, some of y'all, and I, uh, I have some friends who feel this way. They probably don't listen to the show. They probably hate everything I say so much. That they don't listen to the show, but I realize some of you all uh, are 100% okay with masks, and your feeling is it's such a small price to pay. I mean, if it makes you know it just even this much safer for me or my kids or whoever, I'm, I'm fine with our mask. Okay, that's weird to me, but, you know, people are different. I had the opposite experience yesterday as they have removed the indoor mask mandate in California, and I went into a business yesterday, hot dog stand that I love. But it's a in indoor business, and uh, I was in there, and he said, "How you doing?" And I said, "I'm amazed at how good it feels to be in here without a mask on." And he said, "I know, isn't it incredible?" I said, "Why yeah. is that psychologically? Why am I, I? It seems like I'm enjoying this more than I should." He said, "I think it's because it feels normal, or I don't even know. I don't know myself why it felt so good to not have a mask on." And and then, and this makes me effing angry what our kids are too young to even know you're talking about a seven-year-old eight-year-old nine-year-old they've been wearing a mask for two years that's um like a third of their sentient life that they remember right so they don't even they don't even have anything to compare it to right the idea of not having to have a mask on and being able to see people's uh, facial expressions and breathe or understand them clearly and needlessly, utterly needlessly. And as we point out every time, you know, Europe's not doing it. WHO's not recommending it. Why are we doing it in the United States? California just announced uh, kids will be wearing masks in school for the foreseeable future. Going to take Protest a look at parents. it at the end of the month. We'll declare that in coming months, perhaps we can't. So it's not going to be anytime soon. And it, it frustrates me so much. And they never back up their reasoning with any of science. And it, the party of science does not back up their reasoning with science. It drives me crazy. I like my new space rabies argument. You might as well get your kids vaccinated against space rabies because they're only at a slightly higher risk of ill health from COVID than space rabies. And there's a very low vaccination rate for space rabies. So now, and I'm serious here. This is I'm making a serious point. Okay. So they'll look at me like I'm crazy and say, well, space rabies doesn't exist. I mean, there's no child that's going to die of space rabies. And I will say, how many children are likely to die or become seriously sick from COVID? How does that compare to other risks which we have put up with from the beginning of time and continue to put up with today to a child? So explain to me then, after establishing, because the math is undeniable, that the COVID is a very, very little risk to children, then why are you masking them? I mean, it's it's inassailable logic, and yet, and, and which is, by the way, Jack, why nobody takes it on. Yeah, per, as a percentage, the chance of your kid dying from space rabies is roughly the same as dying from COVID. As a percentage, it's like when if yeah. you it's like if you buy a lottery ticket and I don't, our chances are roughly the same right. of winning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Reason. It's pretty long. I won't do the whole thing. I'd like to read the whole thing to you. But do it. Do it. <laughs> it's from Robbie Suave, who we've had on a whole bunch of times. And Reason is a libertarian rag. Do you know that? It was called right wing by some organization the other day because of this article wrong in leaked audio cdc's rochelle walensky privately confirms she won't relax school mask guidance 
Walensky acknowledged limitations of available studies, but told a congressional committee our guidance currently is that masking should happen in all schools. Okay, so we don't we don't have studies to show why, but I'm just going to declare that for some weird reason, I guess. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, has no plans to change their recommendation that all schools require students to wear masks, according to an audio recording of a closed-door House Energy and Commerce Committee briefing obtained by Reason Magazine. The CDC provides guidance, Director Walensky can be heard saying on the recording. Our guidance currently is that masking should happen in schools right now. The Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Oversight and Investigations hosted the briefing, which took place virtually on Tuesday and was attended by Walensky. Because it was attended virtually, obviously, there's the opportunity for people to record this stuff. And it got out. Love it. Yeah. As it should. It's the people's business. Of course. Walensky faced criticism from members in both parties that the CDC's guidance is confusing and out of step with human behavior at this stage of the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. See the Super Bowl. I've noticed. Representative Kathy Rogers, Republican of Washington, the committee's ranking Republican member, challenged Walensky on the science behind the school mask mandate, noting that the Arizona study, off-cited by the CDC in support of masking kids, has been thoroughly debunked by The Atlantic. I'm glad to see somebody brought up that long Atlantic article that we've mentioned a whole bunch of times saying masking kids is a waste of time. One of the leading lefty publications in America, The Atlantic, wasn't able to sway a whole bunch of blue counties and schools and politicians. Anyway, what we see in the U.S. is an outlier as it relates to the mask mandate for our children to go to school, Representative Rogers said. The WHO and UNICEF have both recommended against masking for kids under the age of five because it's going to do more harm than good. For children 6 to 11, they think we should be considering other factors like learning and social development. (sighs) When has it been impossible to quote the WHO and UNICEF to liberals and not get anywhere with it? That is astounding, isn't it? My question. I, think I, I can explain all of this, but I'll wait. Okay. Go ahead. My no. question today, my one question, said the representative, is Dr. Walensky, will you commit to update your guidance by Friday to allow children in person without the burden of masks? Walensky made no such commitment to a timetable for abolishing school mask mandates. She acknowledged the limitations of the Arizona study. Limitations, it was completely debunked. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, as well as other studies the CDC has relied upon to inform the guidance, but rejected any near term changes on masking in schools. I don't even know how to react to this. The director of the CDC says, have you ever been in an argument with somebody? Everybody has. Where you've been in an argument with somebody where you're presenting like fact after fact after fact that goes against their position and they just kind of say, well, I'm still doing it anyway. And it just makes you so crazy. You want to. Pluck out your eyes. I mean, well, I remember a former producer of the Armstrong and Getty Show and still friend, uh, Positive Sean, his classic argument, yeah, but still. Or or have you ever wanted to make somebody mad? I've done that uh, childishly. Um, when they're presenting fact after fact that you can't uh, that you can't refute, and you just say, well, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> That's what she's doing. That's what the CDC is doing to her kids. Um. By the way, I have gone back to the Atlantic article that uh, talks about the study in Arizona. Uh, a couple of uh, key phrases. 
Uh, bah, 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 bah. Um, I'm sorry, I lost it. Uh, the Arizona study at the center of the CDC's back-to-school blitz turns out to have been profoundly misleading, said Jonathan Ketchum, public health economist at Arizona State University. You can't learn anything about the effects of school mask mandates from this study. No, no. Nothing. No, sorry, the CDC director just said behind closed doors this week, there are some limitations to that study. It's complete you... crap! Yes, it's garbage. I don't understand... How y'all have decided this is the hill you're going to die on? Why did you choose masks for kids in schools? You have the least ammunition to back up your argument for this as anything else. I don't get it. I don't get it. It would make more sense if you were going to go with uh, workplaces, indoor workplaces. Okay, you have a better argument there. A bunch of people mm-hmm. coming in from different places, getting together, adults, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's still dumb. But it's but why schools? Why did you choose schools where you've got nothing to back up your decision? Anyway, I'm Because you'd track. have to admit you were wrong uh, all along. But go on. Back to reason, Walensky. Talking about the studies, that study that had limitations. They all have limitations, and that's important to recognize because we are not randomizing schools, she said. We have to control for whether there are windows, ventilation, and other activities happening outside these schools. So all these studies have limitations, but they are, for the most part, uniformly pointing to that when there's a lot of disease out there, the masks are preventing that disease and preventing that transmission, and because of that, we're able to keep our schools open. Representative Gary Palmer, a Republican from uh, Alabama, also asked Walensky how she could justify the agency's school masking guidance. Explain why we need to keep allowing school districts to impose a mask mandate on the kids, he asked. In response, Walensky defended the agency's current guidance, but also noted, perhaps with some frustration, that local jurisdictions were free to disregard it. I will also say that guidance is just guidance, and all these decisions we've continued to say have to be made at the local level. As cases come down dramatically, we have deferred our guidance to the local jurisdictions. Given that many coronavirus-cautious jurisdictions are seemingly waiting for the CDC's permission to relax masking requirements in schools especially, this answer prompted some outrage. That's not acceptable, said one representative. It wasn't just a Republican... Uh, it was uh, Representative Anna Eshoo, Democrat of California, expressed considerable bafflement that the CDC was incapable of being clearer about what levels of caution were still appropriate. You hear the word confusion over and over, said the Democrat. Well, here's another one for you. Masking. You know where I live in the Bay Area, the peninsula in the heart of Silicon Valley? Schools, cities, towns, counties. You're saying one thing, and they're doing something else. And this is a highly educated area, too. I trust our public health officials here. So my first question and my second point to you, Dr. Walensky, why do we have to be on two different tracks? Isn't there some kind of public health consensus about this? Walensky replied by citing the national figures, 170,000 cases per day, 2,500 deaths per day, etc., and was immediately cut off by the Democrat. When you use the national figures, that's not a snapshot of where we are. Can you take that into consideration as you're giving me an answer? You know, I've got more on this that's worth reading, and I'll get to when we come back. you got Republicans and Democrats, Democrats from the Bay Area saying, what are you talking about? And I want to get to the, I think I can't explain this thing. It is an argument for liberty I think you've probably never heard before. Oh boy. Uh, but one that will ring true these days. If you can explain what the hell's going on. Why is she so dug in on this? What's driving that? Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. More on the way. 
at armstrongandgetty.com this uh, article in Reason Robbie Suave obtained the audio from a behind closed doors meeting with Republicans and Democrats grilling Director Walensky who runs the CDC about the mask guidance and the, the main thing was if you have a school that's still making kids wear masks really the only ammunition they have to justify it is CDC guidance. Because there's no science out there. There are no studies out there. So the only thing your school can point to is, well, it's what the CDC recommends. And that is our biggest organization. You know, that's the top of the pyramid of decision-making on this stuff. They're still recommending it. And if you missed last segment, uh, Republicans and Democrats challenged her on, why are you recommending masks in schools the study that the studies that you used to cite have been debunked by the Atlantic, which is well, a lefty right. publication, by the way. Specifically, Noah Haber, interdisciplinary scientist, co-author of a systematic review of COVID nineteen mitigation policies, called the Arizona research quote so unreliable that it probably should not have been entered into the public discourse. And that is what the CDC is kind of. They're not really leaning on anything. They don't cite anything because they can't. Right. It's it's really just a because I said so. Yes. And again, I know that locally schools are looking to the CDC for whether or not they can. If the CDC said drop mask guidance, they'd be out of luck. The schools, they would have to. It's the only thing they got. So the uh, CDC director was asked about that by a Democrat pushing, saying, look, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, highly educated population. People are ignoring your guidance. It's making a joke of the CDC. You're losing all credibility. And um, and I'll just read this long word salad answer just to give you an idea of what I now think she's a hack. She's just a hack. She she's she's not interested in the science of it. I don't know what she is interested in. Well, and or she's being controlled from behind the scenes and told, go say this, no matter how ridiculous. So she throws out some national figures, 170,000 cases, 2,200 deaths, stuff like that. And then the, uh, the the Democrat from the Bay Area says, you can't use national figures. First of all, those are old. And secondly, they don't apply everywhere. And uh, Walensky says, um, we know that all of these decisions have to be made at the jurisdictional level. So not only do we report the national data, but we also report them at the jurisdictional level because we know that... We ask jurisdictions to look at their local context, to look at their local cases, to look at how their hospitals are doing, to look at their local death rates. And that is exactly what I think is happening across the country in a phased way. Many different policies are rolling out. Some are saying they've removed masks. Some say they will at the end of month. Some say they're removing them at the end of next month, but not yet for other schools. So this is really happening at the jurisdictional level. And that's what we're recommending is that given right now where we are is that masks should still stay on nationwide. What? That wow. last sentence didn't fit with the first 30 seconds. That was Soviet? What? Kafka-esque? What? I don't know what the, to call it. What the hell are you talking about? So if your school is still making your kids mask up, 
It's because of the CDC guidelines, and that was her answer about how, well, you make local decisions based on local numbers, local hospitals, but we're recommending at the national level you do it anyway. Whatever that means. Whatever Even that though means. all of the, the equivalent of the CDC in every other developed country on Earth, almost every single one has said, no, 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 no masks on children. Absolutely not. Hey, my lefty friends, you don't have to agree with my politics on things at all. UNICEF, the WHO... The, uh, you know, the various pediatrics uh, associations, they're saying take the masks off. Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Europe, Finland. Yeah, your beloved Europe. They're not putting little kids in masks. You're on the wrong side of this. Right. All right, so here's the argument I really wanted to get to. There are a couple of things going on, specifically with the CDC, uh, Rochelle Walensky, uh, a lot of the teachers' unions, and a lot of the publications. Oh, my God, I've got a minute for this. I could write a book on this topic. Number one, they would have to admit they were wrong, Mm. monumentally wrong, disastrously wrong, and the wrongness had done enormous damage. That's not even the biggest point. We were told a long time ago that a lawyer's job is to say you better not, because the lawyer will never be in trouble for stopping you from doing something. They will only be in trouble if they grant you permission and it brings trouble to whatever entity we're talking about. That's absolutely true. And I can't, I, I don't have time to finish the point. Well, I want to hear it when we come back. We got, we got another two and a half hours. I'm not pouting or anything. I'm just frustrated because I know people are, are listening. They're <laughs> here. They're waiting. And there's no blanking time. Like waiting for Walensky and the CDC guidance on masking in schools. What? Tell me. Tell me. Because I follow all your other guidance about exercising an hour a day. I do that. <laughs> Hilarious. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The college swim season is going on and coming to an end, and the Ivy League championships have just begun. And everybody's favorite swimmer, Leah Thomas, raced in her first Ivy League championship race last night. How did she do? We'll have the results for you in just a moment. Oh, I heard a new term uh, of art in discussing that topic. Uh, the transgender athletes, uh, which I'll uh, gladly share when how we get did, there. How did she do, even though 16 of her own teammates wrote letters to the NCAA wanting her to not be able to swim in the championship races, because those are so important to your career and all that sort of stuff. But how did she do in her first race? All I'll right, well, stay tuned. So, <laughs> coronavirus! <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, if you are just tuning in, you missed an absolute epic couple of segments worth of rant slash information slash science on the topic of masking in children, especially, and the CDC's utter inability to explain why they will not roll back their needless, idiotic, and cruel uh, standards for kids. In spite of a complete lack of science supporting them and and the non-answers Rochelle Walensky gave to both Democrats and Republicans in Congress. It was striking. Being challenged by Democrats from the San Francisco Bay Area on what the hell is your reasoning? Yeah, so one of the things I already said, I, I think I can explain it, and I'm almost glad, since I've been thinking about this sort of thing since I was a little kid, I'm almost glad I've had the opportunity to observe this at such length in such detail you know and over over so much time 
because it's it's given me a great insight about liberty. Uh, so uh, the question, one of the questions is, why won't the CDC and, and various publications and teachers unions, whatever, uh, just change their guidance? Well, because th- you're trying, uh, you often hear the uh, the saying these days or the claim these days, well, the science has changed when it really hasn't. It's been quite consistent now for a year and a half. Um, they would have to admit that they were wrong. Monumentally wrong, disastrously wrong. They would have to admit that their their future credibility is in doubt at best, and they would have to come to terms with the fact that their mistakes cost many, many people, uh, you know, joy, development, learning, etc. Uh, they have committed a monstrous crime um, through ignorance or hating Trump or whatever it was. And I'm no giant fan of Trump, as you all know. Um the second thing is, and it has to do with the old saying, uh, it's, it's better to seek uh, forgiveness than uh, permission. Um, and what we were told a number of years ago, fellas, a lawyer's job is to say you better not. And, and it occurs to me, and this is, this is, uh, this is very close to the C.S. Lewis quote about those who would oppress us for our own good, quote unquote. Um, is the worst sort of oppression because their conscience approves of it and they will never, ever stop. You can't, like, satisfy their cruelty or their greed or anything like that. They will never stop. They're so enthusiastic about it. So you meld all those things together and you have a situation where a scenario pops up where you give away your liberty or it is taken from you. And if you don't consider liberty one of the most precious things a human being can have, um, I, I really don't have time to explain why you're wrong. <laughs> but let's just go into the discussion. Can we can we stipulate, as they say in the courtroom, that liberty is a, a wonderful thing and human beings need it? So you get yourself into a situation one way or another where you empower a bunch of bureaucrats, activists, public figures, to take away your liberty and to tell you when you can have it back. Here's the problem. They are all functioning as lawyers, and lawyers won't get in trouble for saying you better not. They will only get in trouble if they say go ahead and you do something that brings disrepute, uh, uh, liability, litigation, expense upon them. We now have a society of lawyers, a government of lawyers, a, 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 well, a, a civilization that acts as attorneys want us to act with extreme caution so they don't get into trouble, which is an incredibly cruel and selfish basis on which to take away someone's liberty. It's to cover their asses, and we've got to reject it. We've got to reject it forcefully, civil disobedience, organized protests, send your kid to school without a mask, and that's up to you and your kid. Uh, I'd be very, very cautious about making your kid a political actor for you, by the yeah, way. Let me throw right, that out there. Right, right. Um, it, you know, so, so be very careful there. This sort of denial of liberty will never end for the reasons I just said. You've got to end it. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting psychology going on. I'm not sure I've ever heard that sort of thing named. I've got to talk to uh, our, our friend and mentor, Tim Sandifer, about that. Tim, if you're listening, feel free to, to send me a long and brilliantly worded text. <laughs> 
So, uh, good news for equity in the world of college swimming. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Transgender swimmer, swimmer Leah Thomas, who we've been talking about all year long, who swims for Yale. The Ivy League Championships began her last night. She's going to compete in three different races, I believe. She's currently the record holder in all three events, I believe. She wow, said that's a, really impressive. She not only finished first, but she set a new pool record, distancing everyone else in the pool. So amazing. Uh, it is amazing. It's good news. That woman is unique in her physical abilities. She certainly is. Uh, do you have more on that, or can I jump into the new term of art I've learned? Uh, she has got, uh, so she set the pool record, I think it was the 500-yard, but she's also going to race in the 200-yard and 1,650-yard freestyle events, where she's expected to dominate those also. And uh, there you go. And a whole bunch of uh, other women who swam were very unhappy that this occurred, and I don't blame them. I think uh, they're probably enraged, frankly. Just came across this piece written by uh, Cynthia Monteleone, who is a Team USA World Masters track athlete. That means older competitors, uh, a mom of a female athlete and a coach of, of woman athletes. Uh, and she wrote an editorial. I will quote briefly. I'm a mom, a coach, etc. I was fighting for something greater than another gold medal. I'm standing up for the protection of women's sports. If, and here's the term I just learned, if male-bodied athletes continue competing on female teams it will be the end of women's sports this is no exaggeration this is reality and it's happening right now she talks about competing against a male-bodied athlete who she was an elite woman runner and this athlete when it was a dude when he he was when she he was a dude um I still haven't figured out when you're referring to the person pre-transition what you're supposed to say. But anyway, when that guy was a guy, was a middling athlete at best, and is now a world-class woman who she barely, barely beat. The next year, the same athlete beat my teammate in the hurdles for a place on the podium at the 2019 World Championship Indoor Meet in Poland. My teammate had trained harder than anyone I know, dedicated her life to her sport, etc., etc., a year and a half after my experience in Spain, my daughter lost a, to a biological male identifying as a female in her first ever high school track race. I had watched proudly as my strong and determined girl did all the right things, made personal difficult sacrifices to train her body to be as fast and fit as possible for her first race, yet all her hard work seemed to drift away along with the male-bodied athlete who had just transferred from the boys' volleyball team to the girls' team the season before. The athlete breezed right to her win in uh, first place, uh, blah, 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 oh, breezed right by my daughter to win first place, leaving her to finish second. How can you win as a female when you're lined up next to a male body whose strength, heart, and lung capacity and pace are all greater than your own, no matter what treatment they might uh, they might have received? A male-bodied athlete. Well, that's got to be pretty uncomfortable there on the Yale swim team bus when they're driving home, since 16 of her teammates penned a letter to the NCAA saying, don't let her race, this is a sham. Um, uh, somebody standing up for her, because there's, you know, People out there that are on that side of the argument. People incapable, people incapable of logic, yes. Said, I want everyone at this meet to know that I support her. She's worked for all this, and she's given up so much to transition and to be authentically herself. I think it's really important, and I think it's really brave what she's doing today. I'm all for her being authentically herself and all that sort of stuff, but you don't get to compete in the sports against women. You just don't. 
Right. right. Well, Thank you for that greeting card worth of emotional rhetoric that means nothing, though. Why? Why can't we come to the sensible place where okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with trans as a thing, and uh, and we're we're in agreement that you can do that, and uh, I will call you she, and all the stuff that uh, should happen. But you don't get to compete against girls in sports. Nope. And anybody who hates or hurts or denies anybody a right to earn a living or anything like that is a, is a monster. And I disown you. I don't want you to listen right. to our radio show. Uh, on the other hand, a male-bodied athlete whooping up on girls is as... I almost said an unkind word, folks, and I apologize for even thinking it. <laughs> I apologize for thinking it. Wow. Anybody, anybody who thinks that's okay has a screw loose. I urge you to get help. You're at a good level of your conscience right there where you apologize for thinking things. Yeah. That's really good. It's partly that I, I, I fancy myself like a, I don't know, like a third-level wordsmith. And, you know, you got to be able to work around the limitations and, you know, just, just find another way. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh, hmm. <laughs> ah, boy. I know. I know. I know. So we got no suit. We got no football this weekend. We've had like three weekends in oh. a row of the greatest NFL football of all time, and uh, it just kind of feels like there's a hole this weekend. You know what? And here's some more bad news as we unleash the the, <laughs> the most depressing radio show in the history of American broadcasting. It looks like there ain't going to be a baseball for a long damn time. Oh, too. really? They're, oh, at, yeah. they're at an impasse, as they say. Well, there's a yeah. The the players are locked out essentially. They're making no progress. Nobody has any optimism. The owners have thrown a knuckleball. <sighs> You're a grade like eight in a wordsmith. If that's all you got. <laughs> so what's the main thing? Just the, the usual money. We want more money, and we don't want to give you more money. Is it just yeah. that and then coming to the right number? Yeah, I happen to read that there the uh, collective bargaining agreement's like 370 pages long or something ridiculous like that, and there's all sorts of stuff in there about money and rights and and shares of revenue and just, it's crazy complicated. So, what exactly are the main uh, sticking points? Beard I lengths. Look, I I could look into it. Is there a rule on beard lengths? The players want four strikes. I feel I feel like the beard lengths have gotten out of hand. The pitchers don't, Michael. I can promise you that. Uh, the beard lengths have gotten out of hand. What are you, the Taliban? <laughs> um, with all negotiations like that, I've always thought, why, why can't you somehow get to a, look, we know this is going to end at some point. So why don't we do that now to the benefit of everyone? But I realize if you don't agree on something, if you really, really, really don't agree, your only leverage is you think you can put more pain on them than they can put on you. Precisely. I can hold out longer than you can. Look, I'm a gazillionaire owner. Go ahead. Sit down all year long. Waste a year of your probably, on average, five-year career. Waste a year of that not playing and uh, knock yourself out. I'll and, continue to live my fantastic life as a gazillionaire owner. And the stars of the sport who have outsized influence and uh, at age 29 have more money than I'll ever see in my life say, uh, that's fine, I'll just work out. Save my body the wear and tear for a year. No worries. Meanwhile, all the journeyman baseball players, which is most baseball well, players, by really. By far most, yeah. Who, who might have a couple of years, three, four, if they're lucky in their career, they're thinking, oh, my God, please let us play. Please let us play. Not to mention the vendors. All the hardworking people at the stadiums, uh, you know, the umpires, the trainers, the mascots. clubhouse guys. The mascots. What about the mascots? What are they supposed to do? 
hang their giant heads and cry. We have to take a break, but does this apply to does this work for minor leagues too? So when major league baseball strikes, all of it's shut down? Or no, no, I don't. No, no, I don't think so. Completely no. separate. I okay. think so. So you can enjoy good AAA baseball. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I okay. don't think so. Okay. Why would you come to us expecting us to know that? I uh, you can text us, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A man in Israel believes he has grown the world's heaviest strawberry. Details to come. Wow. Breaking strawberry news. Hey, on-air meeting. On-air meeting. Um, uh, I, I, I said we were going to talk about uh, Black Lives Matter being suspended oh, from yeah. Amazon's charity stuff and all that. Can we squeeze that in here, do you reckon? Or Yeah, what? I just want to hit this right. uh, breaking news thing. Um. I had another Ukraine story to do, but it's already outdated because of this. Ukraine's east is seeing its worst shelling in years as U.S. estimate of Russia forces grow. The Ukraine military and Russia-backed separatist forces repeatedly increased shelling for a second day in the disputed eastern region of the former Soviet Republic. And we now believe there are 190,000 Russian forces poised to invade. But they started shelling a little yesterday, including hitting a kindergarten which is a great way to try to say, oh, well, look, we've got to go in. They bombed a uh, the kindergarten in this Russian part of Ukraine. We need to save these Russian children. A couple right. of teachers were injured, no kids. They made sure they shelled it when the kids were out of the classroom. But uh, that's some high-stakes gambling there, man, when you start shelling kindergartens. More on that later. Yeah, no kidding. There's about to be just wholesale ugliness over there in Europe. Uh, so uh, very quickly now, mentioned this at the end of last hour, wanted to squeeze it in before we're done with this hour. Of course, if you ever miss an hour, grab it via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand, or you can get it uh, wherever you like to get podcasts. And, but... and where were you? Yeah, no kidding. Where are you going that's more important than this, huh? Huh? Work. Anyway, uh, Amazon's charity website, Amazon Smile, has suspended the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation amid questions about the group's financial transparency. Oh, da 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 da. How is this we not off- a national news story? How is well, this not it a is national news story? In conservative media, of course. But, God, it should be everywhere. Yeah. One, of the, one of the most high profile charities in America turns out to be fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have said to Amazon, we offer the Amazon Smile program to make it easy for our customers to support their favorite charitable organizations. And we work to offer a broad spectrum of organizations, including those working to end racial injustice. Blah, blah, blah. States have rules for nonprofits and organizations, blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, this organization fell out of compliance with the rules in several states. So we've had to temporarily suspend them from the program until they come into uh, compliance. Fell out of compliance is a very nice way to, oh, we figured out they're crooks. You know me, my hallmark is having details. Here are some details. The National Organization for Black Lives Matter appears to have used an unusual accounting maneuver Hmm. to further delay reporting of what became of its $60 million bankroll from 2020, a move one charity watchdog called the worst transparency issue she has ever seen. That is, again, this should be national news for everyone, not just Fox viewers. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, uh, the charity that serves as the face of the national BLM movement. By the way, I I got to interject this. You know what them taking the money and spending it on homes and cars and stuff means? They don't think Black Lives Matter that much. That's what that means. certainly argue that. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So they quietly changed their uh, accounting cycle from January 1 to December 31st to... uh, we're just going to go with July through June now. So by going from a calendar to a fiscal year, BLM has until mid-May to report what it did with the millions that flooded into its coffers, which it should have had to report uh, in January. The move enabled BLM to report a sparse short-year uh, Form 990 to the IRS. Blah, blah, blah. It's tax law, but essentially they didn't have to disclose much. Charity Watch Executive Director Lori Styron told the Washington Examiner, quote, Given the money involved here, this is really unbelievable. To not know who is in charge of 60-plus million dollars collected by a national wow. charity arm of arguably the most prominent social justice movement in the country is the worst transparency issue I've seen in my 18 years as a charity watchdog. It- it is beyond a doubt the biggest social justice charity in the country, the most high profile, $60 million. And they were just using it as a uh, you know chunk of money for people to do whatever they wanted to do with. Yeah. And all those corporations that cynically either tried to prevent themselves from being blackmailed or were buying advertising, in essence, by making donations, well, their cynical bet is more or less paid off. You know, what sucks is if you're somebody who agreed with, uh, and I agree with, a lot of what Black Lives Matter claimed to be for, and, and you sent the money, it's pretty maddening to find out that they, they didn't care about your money. Or apparently Black Lives that much. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.